Hello and welcome. This is The Meaning of Life. I'm Ryan Beck. Today's episode is with Hannah Dickinson, and I was, you know, pretty nervous to talk to Hannah. I I mean, I shouldn't be. She's my friend and whatever else, but I thought I was going to get roasted. I really thought that she was going to make fun of me for trying to find the meaning of life or just assume that I was depressed or something like that. But we had a really great conversation, and, uh, you know, it was just nice because we I met Hannah and we were working together and you know when you're working together and you're making comedy videos and you're doing other you know talking about stand-up and stuff like you do have really meaningful important fun conversations but there was a lot of laughs and today I feel like I learned a lot about um, just like her the inner workings of her mind and I think I just like learned another side and I think that's really been like for me that's one of the better things about doing this podcast is I'm talking to people who I interact with all the time, but I'm just learning more about them. And I think that is part of the meaning of life, I think. I don't really know. I mean, I would assume that getting to know people can't hurt. I'm enjoying myself, so is it about that? I don't know. We get into all this stuff a little bit later. We talk some comedy. We talk some entertainment. We talk some anxiety. And uh, we talk some astrology. So we cover a lot of ground. And without further ado, let's talk to Hannah Dickinson. I'm Ryan Beck, and this is The Meaning of Life. Um, Okay, so the idea of this, like I told you, is that I'm trying to find the meaning of life by asking people what's meaningful to them. But my first question has been to everybody has been, um, will you say your name and tell me who you are? this feels like a trick question (laughs) who am I you know there's a lot of layers uh okay my name is Hannah Dickinson should I do full name I have no middle name and I am Ryan's friend from work I'm a comedian I live in New York City and I'm from Virginia and I live alone currently that's who I am that's great (laughs) okay cool yeah that's great I know that that's like horribly painful. It was not a trick question, I promise. I thought it was like, who are, like, what do you say who you are? Does that mean who you, that's who you think you are? No, I'm just curious how people answer the question because like I've said many times before, like this is like uh, something that would send me into a, a total crisis. So it's just kind of fun to see what people think. Cause I mean, I don't know, it has to, it's hard to own your identity. I yeah, think. definitely. I know. I was like, which part of me do you want to hear? I'm herpes too positive. <laughs> I really like that you let off with that. You're my friend. That's what, that was really nice. You're the only person that said your friends. I know, but like right off the gate, like right off the top. That was really nice. Well, you know, I just basically, I've been trying to figure out what the meaning of life is. That's exactly what this podcast is about. And I want to know, like, do you, do you ever think about those things? Do you ever like think about that? All the time. And people give me books, but you, really? yeah, I think that, I mean, I've been afraid of death since I was like two years old, as soon as I could talk, oh. maybe not two. So how old are you when you can talk and really figure things out? Three, four. Sure. I had a mental breakdown yeah. when I was very young and I cried to my mom that I was going to die. And she was like, why do you think you're going to die? I was like, because everyone dies. And so for weeks I had Whoa. this really bad, I would get really bad panic attacks. And then even till now, like if I think about death too much, I get, I go into a full blown spiral. And then, so I started trying to figure stuff out and read books about, you know, I get four pages in, I'm like, I figured it out, but just also just thinking less about myself because I think that plays a lot of it. When you think so much about yourself, then 
of course it seems like the end of the world because it is the end of the world but if you contribute enough and give back to people and help society that it's like your death is less it feels less scary because you're a part of something bigger than yourself do you feel compelled to have some kind of legacy is that important i used to when i was younger but now i'm i don't because it's like yeah of course i want to be a big comedian but if you're if you name me older female comedians like obviously lucille ball or whatever but no one really gives a fuck anymore like that doesn't really matter it's cool but I think it matters more that I'm having fun while I'm doing it, which has been a weird thing in quarantine, realizing, am I having fun doing stand-up? Is this what I want my life to be? Because I haven't been doing it. So I've been hanging out with people at night. I've I've been hanging out with friends. And I feel, I told my dad, I feel like I'm reliving my early 20s because my early 20s, I was doing mics. I was trying to do as much stand-up as possible. And I think I missed out on, not missed out, out like I like my choices but my life is just so different than what I thought it would be which I I really like stand-up and I love it but it you know I'm trying to have more balance it takes a lot of sacrifice right it takes a lot of sacrifice to follow a, a dream that you have and so I think that that's inherent for a lot of people to feel like they missed out on certain opportunities or whatever you know I I chose a certain way to live my life and there and at 20 years old you can pretty much if if you're you know you have enough privilege you can pretty much pick any path you want and at least try it and give it a real shot so is that kind of what you mean you kind of like pick this comedy path and like it dedicated yourself to to working in a certain capacity if you really wanted to be good at it that you feel like you missed out on yeah well i don't mind i like that i did it and i like committing and i met so many great people and comedy is fun but at the same time I do feel very anxious a lot and it's probably cause I drink so much fucking coffee, but I'm so, I was so stressed out. Like I'm going to make it, you know, and now it's still, now we're in a pandemic and it's impossible to even do stand up. but I don't have a family. Not, I mean, I'm young, so I, I wouldn't want to have kids right now, especially in this, but I live alone and my roommate moved in with her boyfriend it feels very isolating. And I just in isolation, I just realized that, you know, you know, I make jokes about how I want a boyfriend or whatever. And I'm always like, so desperate. But you know, if you you've seen my me in action, I'm not really making the right steps to actually meet someone and think about what I want and actually take any of this shit seriously. Because I go out with guys, you know, that are idiots. But um <laughs> But I not not that I need well, to a boyfriend. And that's what I was telling you. I was like, I don't need a boyfriend. I just need to find more fulfillment with, you know, I've gotten closer to my brother. I've gotten closer to his fiance, who was my friend from college and trying to establish different relationships with my family. So if I when I do get older, if I am alone, I can at least have family to be around me. So that's really what it is, is that you want to find more fulfilling relationships. Yeah, than comedy. <laughs> I know we're friends, but... Well, is it like you kind of said that you felt anxiety or like anxious about death since you were like a child. And that seems like no matter what your career path would have been, that's not going to go away. How do you like deal with those feelings that you've had for so long? Well, I think if I had a regular job and everything, I wouldn't. You're right. It wouldn't change that. But at least I could be more well-rounded, I think. But because I'm in stand up, I'm writing jokes 
And I actually do think doing what I love helps because I'm focused on that instead of focused on the end. And I'm like enjoying every day. And I like the work that I do. It's really fun. But I do need to have more balance and not think so much of the outcome. And I think, that, you know, and I still do. I'll look at views. I'll look at likes. I'll look at followers, whatever. But I, I need to, st- what you were saying earlier, how you want to make content that you like and not just what you think might pop off. Because that's where mm-hmm. it gets frustrating because you don't even like the if I don't even like the work I'm doing and then it does poorly I'm like shit what am I doing then so as long as I think it's funny and I like it then I can stand behind it yeah I don't know I haven't figured out the meaning of life or, or like my purpose or any of these like grand questions but I do know that when I feel like what's the point especially on something that I worked on or in and I'm like feeling that even while I'm doing it it makes me feel really bad and so I've been trying to not do that but going back to what you said earlier this seems like an obvious question what is it about death that scares you just not to say that you're wrong I'm I think everybody's I'm scared I just don't what is it that specifically scares you yeah really not being able to you know live I'm an extrovert I'm realizing that in quarantine I like to be around people I like to do things and the fact that the, it just mm-hmm. ends is just so sad to me. Like, I don't even want to talk about it right now. I'm going to have to start crying. It's so scary. Well, I no, don't no, want no, you no, to no, cry. No, 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 I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I was just curious. I was just curious because it seems like you've given this a lot of thought. And I would think people, I've always felt that people don't give you specifically enough credit. I know you to be a person that thinks deeply about these things and like, you don't really, as much as you would like to, I think that you don't really shy away from issues or conversations and uh, even though it riddles you with anxiety. So I think that you don't t- totally get enough credit as a person who does think about these things. So I'm just really curious, what do you want out of your life? That's what I'm figuring, refiguring out. I used to want to be, you know, I want to be an actress since I was a child. I was like, I want to be a famous actress. Yeah. And then, then I was like, oh, I want to write scripts. I want to create movies. I want to do stand up. But and I still want to do all those things, but that's not, that all goes away like everything else. And I think. Is it the, the thing that lasts? Is that what is important to you? Is that something you do yeah, something that I think, lasts or that it makes an impression yeah, I on think, people? Well, or... too, I think I want to have kids, which I never thought I wanted. Because I think when you have kids, mm-hmm. you kind of do a part of you does live on because you're like your parents or, you know, that you're part of this other, mm-hmm. you're literally going to be a part of the next generation. And that's, I, I would be scared to have a kid just because I'm very career oriented. So I would hate to have a kid and then neglect them and then <laughs> turn a huge piece of shit. And then I, I actually made the world a worse place because I could see that happening with my mental illness <laughs> being passed on. But I do think, you know, my mom and my dad, um a lot of my friends not a lot but i've had a few friends parents pass and i haven't experienced that before but it's a a couple happened at one time or in a very short span Mm -hmm. and it just made me think about my parents a lot you know and i was talking to my mom about it i was like aren't you scared and she was like no because all my friends are gonna die and i don't want to be the last one hanging out she's like and you guys all i care about now are you and max so I yeah. think it it just when you have I've and I've also I randomly went to lunch with a producer in college as like a infor, informational type of thing and he was like honestly you should just have kids no matter what you do because you need to be well-rounded and 
just focusing on yourself or just focusing on one aspect of your life, like a career or just, yeah, just materialistic things or tangible things that can go away. Your life's, it's easier to lose. And it's, I mean, I'm sure people lose children. That's extremely hard and people get divorced and things go away. But I just think when it's a job or a career, it's just, it's impossible to put everything into that. And that's what I always thought I wanted. Yeah, it's a lot. Because, and it's also just, yeah. also that's put, because you can only really be upset about things you can control, right? And especially in this business, there's very little of the industry you can, or career you can control as we've learned. I mean, there's a lot you can control, but you can work hard and, you know, get better and whatever, but you can't control if someone gives you a job, you can't control that. So I just wish there was something else. I'm trying to get a hobby right now. I just want to have some other aspects of my life where I don't feel like I'm putting everything into something and, and put all my self-worth into one area. Yeah. So you were, you're kind of in like a discovery phase of like what it is that you actually want out of life and what it is that makes you happy and like excited about things and all of that yeah, stuff. Totally. Yeah. And I used to get down on myself because that's just who I am. I just go to negative, but I've been seeing a therapist and I, uh, you know, I just strike out with guys so hard. So that bothered me for so long, but then I started thinking about it differently. And I was like, you know, I do have such so many friends and that sounds like a brag, but I guess it kind of is, but I do have a lot of good relationships and a lot of good friends. So just because I don't mm -hmm. have a relationship, it doesn't mean I'm bad at it. But that's been my fear because, you know, I've never really had, I've had one in college, but it wasn't, you know, it was exactly. Yeah, we all had one exactly. in college. So, and, then, and then you're like, that oh, was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, I think that's really great to like have a good perspective about like the relationships that you do have, because I think that's something that is easy to dismiss. It's always easy, easier to dismiss like the things that you have as not being special because like you've had them for a while or or it's something that's easy to get again or whatever. You kind of understand how to be a friend. Well, I was going to say, as you know, that I was also in love with someone for two years and that guy who I told you about. And he played mm -hmm. me like a fiddle <laughs> that crashed and burned at the beginning of quarantine. And I had a breakdown. And then I realized that I was so obsessed with trying to get a boyfriend or like trying to be in a relationship to like get him out of my mind. But then I haven't spoken to him in over six months. And I realized that like putting your entire world in how I'm like, you can't just be a narcissist. You can't just focus on yourself. You can't do that with one other person either. Because then if they you, they, you can't control what they do. So I think for the past two years, right. I've been going through this thing where I couldn't walk away from someone, but I was so in love with them. And I was put a lot of my self-worth into how he felt about me. And that just like destroyed me. But now that I'm, he's out of my life, I've been able to look at all my relationships and be like, I'm actually not a piece of shit person. I am a good friend. I do work hard and just, find value in my own self because for a while I was just not doing that and then I would go on dates and be like self-deprecating and way too drunk and be like that's so weird he didn't call me 
and and not that <laughs> and the other thing is I was like I didn't even like that guy I'm just sad that he didn't like me because I don't like myself enough to be like yeah it wasn't a match like I feel like I've been dating a lot of guys and they break up with me and I'd be like what the fuck and my friend finally said to me, he, she goes, Hannah, the reason why guys break up with you is because you're not a match and you hang on too long. So they got to do it. Like you never liked them. You knew it wasn't going to work out, but you didn't want to be alone. And I, that was an alarming wake up call. Uh, so I feel okay with, you know, cause a lot of my friends are getting engaged and stuff too. So it just feels like I'm not hitting a, cause after you graduate from college or even high school, we had benchmarks growing up, you know, our whole life. It's like, oh, you go to middle school, you go to high school, you graduate from high school, you go to college or so that felt like another benchmark. And then now that people are getting engaged and married, I feel like I'm missing out on a benchmark because I'm not even close to that. And I'm putting all my shit into this career that I don't even know if it's going to work out. So that's where my anxiety. Or if you enjoy exactly. it. And I do enjoy it. And that's in its current form, like, I mean, stand up and it, everything's constantly in change. So it's hard to find exactly what it is. I'm not saying that you don't enjoy comedy. No, exactly. No, exactly. So now it's just it feels when I'm alone and in my apartment and taking a bunch of mushrooms, it's like there's got to be more shit that I can be doing. So, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, read more. I mean, it's you've you told me a lot just there like there's there's a lot that you have seems that you've felt where you've said i had a breakdown at this and i needed to find out that i i didn't like myself and like a lot a lot of stuff when you're feeling that way and you feel lost and you don't like yourself and now you're in this period right now where you're trying to find out who you are and what you like what do you have like a process to where you're like let's see if i like this or you just try something and like see if it sticks or like how do you pick a book out for instance i ask people who read i'm like what's a good book i read <laughs> that's a good start that's what i'm doing yeah. that's what i'm doing here i just read the guest list my brother's girlfriend told me to read it and i read it it was pretty good and i made my friends read it and we had a book club and i thought a book club was you read one chapter a week and meet every week and talk shit and everyone's like no you're an idiot you read the whole book in a month and I was like we're gonna need two months on this one <laughs> like this is my first book <laughs> yeah yeah I can't read fast enough to join a book club yeah and but Not but it was kind of fun I mean I I came back to New York for I had to get my headshots which is just embarrassing itself so I missed the book club but I did get all my friends to read the book so I felt like that was and it was good because it kept me going because I was like oh I gotta read it for this book club but then it got moved and I wasn't able to go but mm -hmm. It was kind of like stuff like that. And um, the other thing, oh, and the other book I read before, I was in AA for a bit and my sponsor runs like a, I was telling her about my issues with, I feel like I'm obsessed with guys. Like I feel like I'm boy crazy. And she gave me this book called The Pisces. And it's one of the best books I've read just because it really resonated with me. And it felt like if you tell someone, if you talk long enough and have enough problems, people will start giving you books that you will work for you. Like if you start complaining. That's really funny. It's so That's really funny. <laughs> like every time people are like, you should read this book. Um, I have a book I'll send you. They're just trying to get out of a conversation and uh, <laughs> hand you a yeah, piece of literature. <laughs> exactly. Half the books on my bookshelves are me venting from friends and then being like, how do you you need to stop talking and start reading. That's a yeah. good start. I really like, I really am excited um, 
and kind of uh, envious in a way of your like um, push to for self discovery and like what it is that excites you. Are you like seeking a like purpose? Is that like too crazy of a word to say? Like, do you like? That? I mean, I I hope my purpose is performing and comedy because I can't imagine doing anything else. But recently, I've just been like, I'm trying to be a better friend. I'm trying to be have a better relationship with my mom and we've worked on that a lot so it's gotten a lot better and I'm able to talk to her now and have strong conversations and when she says stuff to me you know like a mother-daughter relationship is so complicated but some of the shit she says to me I it used to be blow up fights and now I'm able to say mom that's not an appropriate thing to say to me if you want to have a relationship of us being friends we need to speak differently to each other and things have gotten a lot better so and I've gotten closer with my brother yeah, That's I do great. feel better about everything. And then what was crazy is this weekend I met this guy. <laughs> we spent the whole weekend together, and he he wants to take me to Miami. And uh, you're always meeting people who want to take you to Miami. There ha there are other places, <laughs> like <laughs> I've, where I've never heard of them. This is why I'm going out west on a road <laughs> I mean, trip. Yeah, you, I've I think like just, I don't know. I feel like. As long as I've known you, there has been like at least four people who specifically want to take you to Miami. It's never like to like. Well, uh, I wear you know, a lot of pleather. I wear a lot of else. pleather. That's why. <laughs> but no, we really got along, and we we're. He was like, I think you you're like exactly like me, and it was just like he was very nice. But you know how that goes. Uh, those always go south. But I'm moving home, and I told him I was like I'm moving, and he was like do you have to move out of the city? And, you know, probably a year ago, I would have signed a $2,000 lease myself just to stay close to this guy. But I'm just in a place where I've, that's not, if it's going to work out, then it'll work out when I come back. Like I'm not going to change my life yeah. for a guy. And that. So you're kind of like trying to be nicer to yourself in some ways or more forgiving, I guess. Yeah. And not be like, Cause I, I truly don't know if I, I'm trying to work on myself. So I don't know if I, but I did really have a good time with this guy, but I'm just trying not to put everything into it because like I used to, but I'm also not trying to close myself off because I don't know if that's good either. So I just think I'm trying to enjoy it for what it is and then continue my plan on my own. But that's, yeah I don't know. So not, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I sound a lot healthier. You caught me at a good time, but uh, probably because I met this guy. Just kidding. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same way where like it's up and down all the time. Um, and the, the goal is not to just be up all the time. It's to find like some balance um, and just be open to um, the highest of highs and lowest of, like, you know, you got to just process these things and not just completely go with negative feelings or like really manic emotions or whatever yeah but i wanted to ask you about you know just like life in in general you said that you started to think about death when you were like a kid and that's like kind of my experience with it too and for a long time i felt comfort in it and i didn't really feel nervous or anxious or anything and then it was like later in my life over the last like two three years really where I started to feel anxious about everything and I started to like, I think I, I felt a big change in my life. And is there, has it always been fearful for you to think about death and life in the entirety? Or did you ever have a period where you're it's like, I'm good? Been fear, but I, I'm scared of everything because I have anxiety. 
So even I remember taking some of my first acting classes, my teachers are like, you're so scared, you're so nervous. And I just couldn't trust myself or didn't trust anything. And I don't know where that comes from, but I was scared of trying new things. I was scared of um, saying too much. I was scared everyone was gonna hate me. It was just, I was, I was truly scared of everything. I've always been a ball of anxiety. And I think my, I mean, Honestly, I've had a therapist for almost a year now and she's really changed my life. <laughs> and I know that sounds the most cliche white thing, white girl thing to say, but it's just knowing that trusting myself and knowing what I want and not getting upset about things I can't control, which is one being death. And if I can live right now, like in mm -hmm. this moment and not think about everything that's going to happen or because I used to do that, you know, you, you you practice conversations before you go on a date. Maybe you don't do that. I do that, used to do that. And, or think of situations that haven't happened yet. And that's kind of the same shit of death of like, I'm planning this whole thing out. I'm scared I'm gonna get old and die, but I'm lucky if I get old and die. So I'm trying not to be so. Yeah. Or while you're planning it, you might be missing out on enjoying life, which is the hard, it's hard to stay present when you battle anxiety and it's hard to stay present when you have like I don't know if this is what you have I've found that I have a lot of compulsive tendencies like OCD and um, ruminating thoughts and a lot of things like that and I needed to talk to a professional to understand kind of what I was going through and then I looked back you know you analyze yourself and you see patterns from earlier and you're like wow I've had this for a while and it's kind of negatively affected me in these ways or whatever but that's what I really wanted to ask you about was just like, have you ever felt good, like good in that way where, you know, you're comfortable with death? Because I was like, really felt fine. And like, I felt very purposeful as a, as a younger man. And I felt very much like I had a meaning and a destiny and all these kinds of things. I really felt fated to do so many things. And then a lot of things worked out for me that have led me to moving to the city and doing uh, entertaining professionally and all these different kinds of things has uh, like a destiny or any of those kinds of feelings. Have you ever had those kinds of like, this is, there's a reason there's like a higher power that wants me to do something. Yeah. I think with stand up especially, and because my manager called me and told me to move to New York and I had always wanted to move to New York and it was just, the timing was so perfect. And then it, my move to New York really made me think like, oh yeah, there's something else out there because everything that happened from me moving from, he, we literally met on a Skype call and he told me I should move to New York and I was moving it within a month and things just got so much better in my life. And I, I think, it really did feel like timing was everything. And I know this is gonna sound stupid because I am boy crazy, so I understand <laughs> I'm going back to this. But in high school, I was like so in love with this guy. I was obsessed with him. And he always was like on and off, you know? And I just, the shit that I did to make him like me was looking back is absurd. And I think that's kind of built me up for a lot of failure because that was my first relationship where I was trying, it was so hot and cold back and forth. And I look back on that time of my life and because he, it ended so bad, I was going to go to UVA and then I decided to go to USC because I was like, I need to get away from this person. I literally need to move across the country because mm -hmm. he was going to JMU. So I was like, I can't even be an hour away from this person. I need to fucking 
pick my ass up and move across the country. And my life just changed so much. And like, I just saw parts of like, my, my life would not be where it was. And I'm not saying that it's because of, but it had it worked out, I would have gone to UVA a hundred percent knowing my, my life at that point. So him rejecting me, it like hurt so bad for those four years of my life that extended to eight because I'm an idiot. But had he not rejected me, I wouldn't be where I am. So now I kind of think of that in a way of relationships of like everything really does kind of work out for a reason. And I don't have a relationship, but I do have a career that I like and I, I'm excited about and I like the work that I do. And I think a lot of people, even talking to them now at my age who are engaged or whatever, getting married and they're doing it because they don't know what they want to do with their life. So they're like, I guess I'll just get married. And that is the scariest thing in the world. And I, so I feel really lucky, yeah. like I get really lonely, but I'm like, I feel really lucky that I have something that I have on my own and I want to do. So even if things don't work out with other people or I do want kids, but I look at Mindy Kaling and I'm like, I could just make enough money and work hard. You know, that's where I put myself back in the career. Cause I'm like, I can just focus on this. Yeah. You try to work your way out of, um, these negative feelings but I think what something that really stuck out to me of what you just said is that like you've described yourself as like such a fearful person but to move to Los Angeles for school and then to move on a, after a zoom call to New York because a guy told you to a manager told you to like these are really bold empowering moves I'm, I'm sure that a lot of fear comes out of those things but it feels like you you kind of owe yourself a little credit for doing really brave things to uproot your life so many different times and to like get on, you know, a lot of people are afraid to speak in front of other people. You have released a, a stand-up special. Like there's a lot of things that you do that other people would be afraid of. So it's interesting to hear you describe yourself as a fearful person. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm also very impulsive. It's very weird. It's like, I'll just pull the trigger before I have time to think about it, you know, because if I, I also do like doing adventurous things, but it's more a fear of failure and a fear of being a loser, which what does that even mean? I once said to my brother, I was like, I just don't know if I'm ever going to make it. And this was when I was a senior in college. Cause I, I was maybe going to start acting. I didn't know really what I was going to do. And he was like, Hannah, what is the, what the fuck does that even mean? Make it. And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, yeah, stop. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're you're making something up. You're making up a definition of what something is. And you're not. And yeah. And I think people still do that. Right. I mean, that's like something that um, I still have to tell myself is kind of like a internal standard and not the reality of my totally. life. That's and so, that's what it is. I, I don't live. I'm a perfectionist. And then I don't live up to my own standards because no one does, because my standards are insane. Right. Kind yeah. of accepting. It's, that. it's tough to do. Yeah. That. So I guess when I'm scared, I'm feared, I'm scared of, I guess being vulnerable is something I'm really scared of, but I've gotten better at it. Uh, but that also came after me telling, you know, my best friend that I loved him and he didn't feel the same way. And it's, so it's just, that's that feeling of really putting yourself out there genuinely. And I think that's why I do comedy. Cause at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm kidding, you know? 
Yeah, there's an escape in there. 100%. But, um, you kind of mentioned that there was like a, a higher power or something that, you know, there's something cosmic at work that brought you to New York and brought you to LA and you can kind of like look at the things that maybe didn't go great in the moment, but then see how you reacted. Do you, is God important to you? Do you think about like any kind of religion or like a, a grand plan? Is that something that you think about? I don't really think about one religion just because I think they get all tied up in rules and uh, misogyny and it's all kind of, weird but if you my I had this conversation with my friend who was a religious studies minor so she's only a minor so I don't know how legit this is <laughs> <laughs> but she was saying that if you look at all the religions all the core beliefs are the same mm-hmm. just uh, the basic the base do, is that important to you is it something that you draw on I or like do you do you have like a is spirituality even important to you because it doesn't it's a lot of people that don't have any kind of aspect in their life and they are doing just fine but are so they? i'm not here but to say they? what is it I'm, isn't I'm, right but i mean the people that i've talked to seem to be fine that, that don't have any kind of um I thing think, like that i think being i think it's fine if you're not spiritual but i think if you actively say that nothing is real that we just die is such an ignorant and cocky way of looking at it because how do you you're saying that you know you know that like i don't know what's out there but i'm not going to sit here and tell you which i think saying that there's absolutely no religion is the same as saying christianity is the absolute truth because no one fucking knows so you're just like you see this is how i feel sometimes where i feel very like I'm a Catholic and I identify Catholic. I practice Catholic, but I'm also very agnostic where I just like, yeah, but I don't really know. How can anybody really know? And it's that doubt that kind of upsets me. It kind of like, you know, makes me feel like I'm circling the drain a little bit. And it's so hard to be a skeptic and want to think that uh, so many different things can be true, but just not be able to explain it. But I think that's, you know, you were to, if you were to give me a diagram of the, you know, thing of a brain or even a vagina, I wouldn't be able to point you any parts. I just know it's there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know. I don't know what you mean, but I really love I'm this saying, analogy. I'm saying, like, if you were to give me uh, <laughs> a vagina of and a ask vagina me to label all brain. the parts, I couldn't do it. I don't know all the names. You know, it's there. I guess that's more concrete than spirituality. But I don't, uh-huh. I'm saying I don't know enough. I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I don't read enough. I'm not, I, I don't listen to religious studies enough, which I'm trying to do more of because I think I saw an astrologist, which I know, again, I don't know. I love it. I love all this. And this so is I met this guy on Instagram. Oh, a, a male yeah, astrologist. So my friend, this is never, I don't think I've ever encountered yeah, this. Well, my friend in LA was like, you should see this astrologist. You send him your birthday, your time of day, where you were born. And I think that's it. And uh, like the star yeah, exactly. chart thing. And he's this guy in England. So you have to pay him 119 euros. And I was like, I'm not doing that shit. I was like, that's <laughs> such a scam. She goes, no, I, I talk to him all the time. She's like, he's been so accurate. He was, wow. he told her she was about to meet a guy who was from abroad. And that she shouldn't trust him because he was playing. He would be playing her. And then two weeks later, she met an Australian. She started dating him. 
and then she found out he ha was having a child with another woman and lying to her. And I'm, I don't know. I just found, so I, <laughs> I messaged him, obviously. Sure, sure good enough for you, right? Chart, and everything he said about my personality, it just felt very on point. Like, in which it, I know it could be said about mm -hmm. anything and he saw my Instagram, so he could have just made shit up, but yeah, you're still even open, even to like wanting to believe this astrology thing. You're still open to this guy could be yeah, of course. Because I don't want to sound like a a, right. a crazy person and be like, no, this is absolutely true. But you know, things he brought up about my past and personality traits that you wouldn't be able to tell from England. Like you can't Google that shit. And then, so my mm -hmm. friend, that guy who I was in love with, um, you, I could send him his birthday and where he was born. I didn't even send him his name. And he would tell me our compatibility and he described our relationship exactly how it was in a way that I was like, this guy doesn't even know this guy's name. And wow. basically how he was like, he does this, he's done this to you and he will do this again. And uh, just, he gave certain examples and what that guy and it was weird because he goes what this guy's looking for is this and he described the woman that he was looking for and the guy my friend had told me that the reason why he didn't want to be with me was because i wasn't those qualities that the astrologist described i don't know if this is making clear weird no it makes total sense and i think it's really interesting i think it's really interesting because it's like on one hand you're incredibly open to there being no answer and that everything could be right and that this astrology thing for instance um really made you kind of confirmed that there is something going on in your mind but then you're still also you can't let go of the doubt and the skepticism of like he might this all might be bullshit and like a really lucky guess but so it's hard to to like you don't want to lock yourself in to how you think or feel because you have to be open exactly. to change and i saw my friend who she reads uh tea leaves have you heard of this i think it's iranian or so she makes a uh -huh. special tea and she was my friend and she was like can i read your tea leaves and she, her grandmother was a psychic and she said i don't think i'm psychic but i think i have psychic tendencies so she read my tea rings it, it, how it, how the tea falls into the cup, she reads it. It's really weird. And she, she told, this yeah. is when I lived in LA, a year and a half before I met my mm -hmm. manager. And she said, is there an older man in your life and who supports your comedy? And I said, no, I didn't know an older man. And then I did a comedy festival where I met this older man who introduced me, who sent my stuff to my manager. And that's how I got signed. And that was a year and a half later. And she's like, who's this wow. older man in your life who's going to help you and meet your another man who's going to be your agent or manager? I don't really know, but he's going to represent you for a long time. And then a year and a half later, oh, that wow. happened. And I was like, that's so fucking weird because when she brought and then she asked, uh, did your grandmother just die? And I, she was a friend, but it was a comedy friend. Like, I didn't know her that well. And my grandmother had died six months before, but I didn't post about it. Like, I didn't tell a lot of people just because I so she yeah. didn't know. And I said, yeah, she did. And she goes, well, is she a helicopter mom? Is your mom a helicopter mom? And my mom is, and she was too. And she's like, she's always going to be around you. Like she's looking out for you. And me and my grandmother were very, very close. Mm. 
And so even though that's an easy thing to say, it is a thing where it's like, well, it makes you feel like something is exactly. some kind of bigger thing than our day-to-day -day running around. Yeah, because I think when... So does that like... So I think shit like that. Do, is this something that you extend to... Say that again? I think it's shit like that. Like everything, even though you can't have a concrete belief or there's no concrete evidence, I think it's like psychics and astrology and that kind of stuff is the most concrete evident, evidence because it's a stranger telling you something that you know but you can't even admit to yourself sometimes and so when someone else wow. says it you're like oh this is like with my friend who rejected me and he it was just this long-winded thing and it was so painful hearing a man in England tell me I need to let go of this person because I'm the only it helped yes. you do that yeah and it wasn't just his Well, it was accent. all over text. So I didn't even hear him. Oh, yeah, he wow. Had, he sent it to me. So I'd have a, a paper copy. Wow. Yeah, because it's just, it, it makes it more legit. Like, oh, I, I the only thing that mm -hmm. wants this is me. And I know that, but I can't admit it. So I need to pay this 120 euros to have this man tell me what's going to happen in my life. It feels a lot. I don't know. It's It's weirdly therapeutic. Yeah. If you did have to like kind of figure out what it was that's like the meaning of all of this, because it sounds like you do feel like there is something going on and maybe some reason that like life exists at all. Do you have like a hunch? Do you have anything that like you've kind of found in your years of anxiously thinking about death that has been like, this feels right. This is how I want to live my life, even if it's not something that you do uh, or are able to stick to a good question i think just really being an honest and good person as best as you can be and not putting pressure on yourself to be someone you're not to fit someone else's i used to feel really bad if i said no to people or i i used to be i were i would do things worried that people would hate me for it but if you do every act if you do it out of kindness then no one can really be mad at you you know, if you're genuine and you're saying, oh, I, I can't do this thing because I want to go like I used to be like, oh, I wouldn't want my friends to know I'd rather go on a date. So I'll just make up something, you know, in my early 20s. I'd just be like, oh, I'm sick, but I wouldn't want to go on a date or something. Or I'd go hang out with a guy who I knew yeah. they would hate. I think now it's like I, I want to be honest about what I'm doing so I can do everything with integrity. And granted, I'm a comedian, so I exaggerate a lot of stories, but and that's just going to happen. <laughs> because I like to keep things interesting, but I think trying to be honest and open and confront things, not confront everything, but just try to live my life in a way that I'm happy with myself and not think so much about, again, the outcome or someone's reaction, because that's something you can't control, but doing everything out of kindness. Yeah. So even if someone's mad at you, if it's not mean or if you didn't do anything wrong then there's no real don't then i don't have to overthink it because it's not really mm -hmm. my issue and that sounds bad but you kind of have to look at it that way because if you because before i was going around so worried everyone hated me and that is everyone probably does fucking hate me so who cares or if people do are upset with something that you do you feel that if you're coming from a kind place or your best intention then 
you know, you can't control their feelings. Like it goes back to what you're saying about. Yeah, control. exactly. And I think that's where the lines of cancel mm -hmm. culture have gotten a little confused because people are like, that's your reaction. It's like, well, actually, what you're doing is really shitty. So that's a different thing, you know, because now in cancel culture, people are like everyone just gets so mad about everything. And I agree. People do get too mad about certain things. But I also think that people, the alt-right and all this, you know, people who are like, oh. Yeah, it's amazing how, like, you can reframe cancel culture. If you just use the word accountability instead of cancel, it's like, oh, yeah, you should be accountable for your actions and not say or do things that are actively hurting other people and then expect to be rewarded by fans or large corporations that want to you know uh keep fans and keep selling things because that's what they do is they sell things so if they have a, a product or a person that is actively hurting people and up, that upsets people who buy things you know exactly um yeah it's a, it's an interesting thing because it's like i do think that there is some level of hysteria and um out fake outrage maybe performative which is inherent with social media but i think that um overall accountability is a good thing that we should strive to and probably hold um more people accountable in you know it feels like it's mostly been targeted into entertainment because that's what people really i feel i feel that's what people really value day to day um but hopefully i would i would think that that'd be nice to go into other areas and hold people accountable when they're doing things. yeah and hurtful. i also would want someone to hold me accountable if i did something that offended them of course approach me but if it's an act that i i would rather have a conversation than just be if even if i don't think I'm, i would rather someone call me out if they think i'm doing something wrong because then i can either fix it yeah. or learn and and I do think that is one problem that the internet brings is pulling up things from 10 years ago when I'm like, people do change and grow. and whatever, Yeah. But. And then like a, instead of having a productive um, resolution, it's, it's usually like, you know, it will go to, some people are very extreme about it. Um, so I think that's kind of the, what you're speaking to is like, it's accountability, having people, holding people accountable isn't bad, but um, maybe some of the ways that we're going about, you know, equating something that's smaller to something that's truly evil is not always helpful. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for doing yeah, this. Yeah, no, it's been good. I feel uh, I finally been able to put my thoughts out, but I feel now I feel better. You know, I feel better. Great. Good. Uh, I mean, I'm happy with that. I'm glad that you feel better or feel good. I'm, I like don't want this to be a painful thing i'm just trying to like find some answers myself you know because it's been such a confusing confusing year and time yeah i used to i was so crazy as a kid i was like i'm gonna watch every movie ever created like that was my thing because i was so into movies and it's like i that was kind of like my thing in as i got younger and then as you get older you realize oh you just can't do everything and you just don't want to anymore and then eventually you die because you're <laughs> over everything yeah yeah I guess that's that's one way to look at it. Yes. <laughs> Hannah, thank you so much. I'm going to I'm going to um stop this recording. Yeah. Now, but thank you. This is cool. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, head to patreon.com slash Ryan Beck and follow me at, at I am Ryan Beck on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out my other podcast, Falling in Love with My Wife, available everywhere you get your podcasts.
Thanks. The Meaning of Life is produced by Ryan Beck, edited by Ryan Beck, and the music is by Shakir Stanley. Thanks for listening.